Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. If you were one of the millions of moviegoers who were electrified by the unbearable suspense and sheer terror of Jaws, get ready for Eaten Alive. Created by Toby Hooper, maker of the screen sensation, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Marty Rustin presents a new horror classic, Eaten Alive. <laughs> Into this house of terror comes a handful of unsuspecting innocents. Hello? What happens to these people in Eaten Alive will give you the most chilling, terrifying 90 minutes you ever spent in a theater. Oh, no. Rustom presents Eden Alive, Mel Ferrer, Carolyn Jones, Stuart Whitman, Neville Brand. Get ready for Eden Alive, a new horror classic. Hi, welcome to Horror vs. Reality. I'm Anna. This is Morgan. <laughs> hey, guys. This is the fourth time we've started this. So, woo! Yeah, fourth time is a charm, baby. Yes. Okay, so today's episode is 1976's Eaten Alive versus Joe Ball. Ooh. Morgan, I hate this guy. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> like the I real mean, Joe Ball or? The real Joe Ball and the actor. Well, I don't hate the actor, but I hate the I hate them both. I hate they, the acting. The, well, I mean, come on. This is the second Toby Hooper movie after Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What kind of acting were you expecting? Yeah, true. 
And I mean, so a couple of the actors in the movie are like more experienced, but um, that doesn't matter. You know, it's because of the atmosphere that he put them in. It's very off-putting. Just watching it is very off-putting. So he did the same whole psychological thing to all of his actors again? I wouldn't say that at all, no. In fact, Marilyn Burns, um, who was also in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, she eagerly worked with him again. I'm surprised. Yeah, I watched an interview with her on YouTube, and she was like, oh yeah, it seemed like a good opportunity. I couldn't wait to work with Toby again. Oh my god, it's like a... Not Munchausen. Oh, fuck. What is it? Uh, <laughs> Stockholm? Yeah, Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, apparently, it wasn't as bad as they like to make it out, or she would not have gone back. Right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So, um, this is the second Toby Hooper film that we've covered, obviously, because we previously did Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and... Might I say that was a great episode? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not to toot our own horn, but a lot of good material came out of that. <laughs> yeah, that one was fun. Okay, so Eaten Alive stars Marilyn Burns, like I just said, who as Faye. And like I also just mentioned, this was her second time in a movie, so it's her second time on the pod. Uh, she was Sally in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it also stars Robert England as Buck. Yes. Yes, if that name doesn't ring any bells for you, shame on you as a horror fan. Kidding, sort of. Uh, He's Freddy Krueger, and he's been in countless other films as well. He plays Doc Holleran in Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, which is one of my... It's it's in my top ten for sure. It's one of my favorite horror films. It's excellent. It's on Shudder. Go watch it. (laughs) Um, uh, Carolyn Jones as Miss Hattie. Uh, although unrecognizable in this film, um, you would probably recognize her for her work on The Addams Family. She originated the role of Morticia Adams. Yeah, I was so concerned. Why did he do the freaking makeup thing with her again? I don't know. With the old makeup? The, the old thing? makeup. Because she wouldn't have looked that bad. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? Why, why are they doing the bad makeup again? I don't know. I don't know. But I didn't recognize her until I looked up. Because I was like, who is that? That has to be someone, like, famous that they're trying to cover up. And it was Morticia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, it, it's, it's impossible to <laughs> make out who she is in this movie, honestly. Uh, so, fun fact. Uh, Jones was married to TV mogul Aaron Spelling from 1953 to 1964. Uh, Spelling is known for producing TV shows such as The Love Boat, Dynasty, 90210, Melrose Place, Charmed, and Seventh Heaven. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's Tori Spelling's dad, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, that's why she has an acting career. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Not that she's good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, nobody is trying to... uh, hide that it's like really obvious because she's not a good actress no sorry not sorry tori you know (laughs) you know it you know it she knows her she knows but yeah carolyn jones uh was married to her father before she was born oh 
Yes. All right. So um, Kyle Richards as Angie. You may recognize Kyle as one of the real housewives of Beverly Hills. What? That's what she... The little girl in this movie is a real housewife now. (gasps) Oh, my God. Because I was looking up all the actors. And I was like, dang, she's really pretty and now. Yeah. But I uh, did not know she was a real housewife. That's why there's so many fucking pictures of her everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've seen a few episodes of my sister's, uh, well, my sister, who watches the show pretty regularly. Um, she's actually the last remaining housewife on the real housewives of Beverly Hills. Like the last remaining, they all like. from From the original cast. Oh, I was thinking they all fought to the death and she was the last one <laughs> remaining. She was the victor in the death match. <laughs> uh, no, she's just the last original cast member of that particular part of the franchise. Wow. Um, now, uh, apparently those shows are, you know, they're like hard. They're like bulls. They're hard to stay on. <laughs> <laughs> So, Kyle also appeared in John Carpenter's Halloween. She's also returning to the franchise this year for Halloween Kills. Oh, what? Yep. Um, She was also in Disney's The Watcher in the Woods and 1977's The Car. The Car is about an unmanned, mysterious killer car, a la Christine. Um, However, this film predates both the movie and the book Christine by six years. Wow. yeah, I didn't I realize what. Yeah, what? I didn't. <laughs> I, didn't re- <laughs> I didn't realize until I was doing the research for this episode that Christine the book and Christine the film came out in the exact same year. The studio must have optioned King's book like the second the ink dried. That's crazy. I did not know that. Yeah, that that that's- movie and that book like terrified me. Yeah, well, because you spend so much time in cars, especially in America, if you don't live in a big city. Yeah, and Mama read this book to me at the beach. Or, no, I think she read it on the way to the beach. She she read Christine to you when you were a little child? Yes. (laughs) Morgan, this is why we're so fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, well, don't read your kids' Stephen King novels, even though they're like, what's it say? Tell me, what is it? Like, don't. Yeah, and if uh, if you let them watch things like Chucky and Tales from the Crypt when they're like three, this is what happens. And this is what happens. We are products of that. <laughs> they become true crime horror movie nerds with a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, worse things could happen, honestly. Yeah, right. <laughs> we could be Richard Ramirezing it out there, you know? Or we could be uh, Jeffrey Davos. Be- I mean, Bezos. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of... Uh, Jeffrey Bo- Bezos. Bo Burnham. Oh, my God. Is yes. that what you're about to talk about? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Bo Burnham has a new comedy special called Inside that came out on Netflix. And he's got a great little ditty about Jeff Bezos. Oh Jeffy my god. <laughs> Drink their blood. <laughs> he so has oh that's it's so good. It's so like darkly funny and exactly what it would be like to go crazy in your house for comedic effect. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. 
I highly recommend everyone go watch that. <laughs> you have to watch it. So good. Okay. Also, he got way more nude than he ever has before. I know. I I love the whole uh, the white woman's Instagram. Oh yes. Oh, it's so good. Because we've definitely got friends that are that person. I know. It's it's so good because like you're not expecting, you know, anything real to come out and then then it's like a daughter's letter to her dead mom and then at the end you figure out the dad's dead too. And you're like, fuck. Did you but you that? totally <laughs> see shit like that on Instagram though. <laughs> I know. It's even worse on TikTok. (laughs) TikTok will have people like talking into the camera, like bearing their deepest, darkest secrets that only your therapist should hear to the world. And you're like, these Gen Zers are something else. Yeah, I can't. (laughs) Yeah. I can't. I feel things, but I don't let you know I feel things. Yeah, the whole world doesn't need to know that I feel things. Yes. (laughs) I'm British in that way. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. But fucking, uh, Bo Burnham. That's so good. So good. Absolutely. I still worry that he is going to kill himself at some point, but I'm rooting for him not to do that. You know, he's had the same girlfriend for eight years, and I hope she helps. (laughs) Yeah. And I hope he's in therapy, so it's not all on her. I'm sure he is. I hope it's a healthy relationship. I feel like he's definitely in therapy. Uh, he better be. <laughs> All right, let's let's get back on track. Okay. <laughs> so Neville Brand as Judd. Uh, Neville was largely cast as tough guys throughout his film and television career, uh, playing cops, mobsters, western outlaws, etc. In fact, he played Al Capone on The Untouchables and was the first actor to per- to portray Butch Cassidy. Uh the man has a ton of film credits, most notably Bull Ransom in The Bird of Alcatraz. Uh, go listen to our last podcast on the last episodes on the Alcatraz series, by the way. Oh, so my good. God. That's so, so great. Uh, Limanowski in the B horror film Psychic Killer, which was written by B movie legend Graydon Clark. Uh, the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast Weird House Cinema Series has an excellent episode on Graydon Clark's Without Warning. So go check out that, too. (laughs) Uh, So William Finley as Roy. Uh, Bill Finley could totally be considered a horror movie actor, in my opinion. He had a long working relationship with Brian De Palma and appeared in three Toby Hooper films, Eaten Alive, The Fun House, and Night Terrors. This is also not the first time we've watched a movie with Bill. His last film role before his death was as George Tilden in The Black Dahlia. Oh, what? Yeah, we got some repeat actors. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, repeat actors and repeat um, director. director. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's dig into the movie. Um, so, film opens up in a brothel. And after refusing a demand for kinky sex, presumably backdoor action. Yeah, it was just anal. Yeah. <laughs> from, from a frisky customer uh, named Buck, who is the fantastic Robert England. By the way, the line that he says during this scene, Buck, yes. names Buck, and I'm raring to fuck, was paid homage to in Tarantino's Kill Bill. Yeah. 
I and called I her. And I was like, holy shit, what? I rewound I, it. I, me too. I knew <laughs> because we both love Kill Bill so much. I knew when you saw that you'd immediately do the same thing I did. Yeah, my my uh, thing in theater where you have to like read a script. Mine was Kill Bill. <laughs> oh, mine was mine was Pulp Fiction. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I did the uh, the diner scene. Oh, I did the uh, when she's woken up and she's in the car. I'm yeah. going to kill Bill. <laughs> oh, no, I remember you telling me that, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, so good. Okay, so. <clears throat> uh, naive prostitute Clara Woods is evicted from the town brothel by the madam, Miss Hattie, which is Carolyn Jones. Now, Clara heads over to the rapidly deteriorating Starlight Hotel, situated in the East Texas swamps. Now, there she encounters the hotel's unhinged owner, Judd. Suffering from his own perverse sexual frustrations, Judd attacks Clara with a pitchfork, chasing her outside where she is attacked and eaten by his pet Nile crocodile that lives in the swamp beside the hotel. I will say that being murdered by rake, like metal rake, that's got to be fucking painful. Oh, fuck yeah. It's not super sharp like a knife, but it's yeah, sharp it's like enough. Blunt tip, just yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Ow, that hurts me." I don't know why she put her fingers in her mouth. Did you catch that? I did see that. And that was a weird choice. I was like, "What the fuck?" When you d- you what? <laughs> I I have no idea what that was about. <laughs> Strange choice. Yeah. Uh, like I don't know what to do with my hands. Just in my mouth. Yeah, all right. So some days later, a young couple, uh, the outgoing Faye, played by Marilyn Burns, and this disturbed Roy, arrive at the hotel with their young daughter, Angie, um, Real Housewife alum Kyle Richards. Uh, shortly after their arrival, the family dog, Snoopy, is eaten by the resident crocodile, which sends little Angie into a shock. Uh, angered by all this, Rory goes into a mad rage. And starts fucking barking like a dog at one point up yeah. in the hotel room. It's <laughs> so fucking weird. He's, like, unhinged, for sure. Yeah, he's, like, pouring sweat. <laughs> yeah, he's barking wild. Uh, so he goes out to kill the carnivorous swamp creature. Uh, With a twenty-two, like, that's going to do some damage. Yeah, he gets the twenty-two out of his uh, trunk of his car. And then goes... <laughs> yeah, eh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but he's stabbed and murdered by Judd wielding this huge ass scythe. Uh, that then, that yes. was a very sharp scythe, by the way. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> that probably hurt a lot less than the pitchfork. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> seriously. So Judd then goes into the couple's room and attacks Faye. And eventually straps her onto her bed. Angie runs screaming out of the hotel, only to take refuge under the porch of the starlight. Now later, Harvey Wood and his daughter Libby also arrive, and they're searching for the now-deceased Clara from the beginning of the film. Now, um, Clara is Harvey's runaway daughter, who, unbeknownst to him, was murdered in the beginning of the film. That's what I just said. Uh, this is what happens when I go off 
my script and then continue back into my script. <laughs> Here you go. Anyway. So Judd denies having seen her, but he does point them in the right direction of the broth- brothel. Accompanied by Sheriff Martin, Harvey and Libby question Mrs. Hattie, who also denies ever seeing Clara. Um, so I guess that means she was in cahoots with him. Why else would, or she just doesn't want to have anything to do with it? What do you think? Yeah, I was, I was thinking maybe she keeps a cover on him so he doesn't blow her cover too. Like, maybe, I don't well, know. But what's it, her cover? That, like, the, the police are clearly aware of the brothel and haven't, like, tried to shut it down. Well, if a girl runs away, like, he kills them? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure what her motivation is there. I, was, I wasn't sure either. Yeah. Um, so Harvey returns to the Crepid Swamp Hotel. Uh, while Libby, for some fucking reason, goes for dinner and drinks with the sheriff. Like, your sister's missing in this crazy-ass swamp town, and you go off to be wined and dined by the sheriff? I know, that was very strange. And they were in a really, um, like, a dive bar. Like, you don't order fucking chicken fried steak at a dive bar. God, no. Ugh. That's not going to be good quality. No, not at all. There's, like, bar fights going all around you. <laughs> and some guy with a, uh underage girl. Yeah, you know, I just feel like this is how you get hepatitis from eating something. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, though. (laughs) So, (laughs) Harvey discovers Faye tied up in her hotel room and is promptly murdered by Judd with, again, his large scythe. Uh, Meanwhile, after being kicked out of a bar by the sheriff, Buck and his underage girlfriend, Lynette, venture to the starlight, presumably to fuck, although the girl seems flirtatiously reluctant, if that makes sense. (laughs) I I will say that he did a really great job of cleaning that porch off before they got there. Yeah, right? So fast, so clean. Yeah, that would be like a pressure washer job because that was a lot of blood. You know, I feel like if you're feeding, you, you know, your guests and whatnot to your pet crocodile, that you'd probably have a pressure washer, right? <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. I, I fucking would. I got to yeah. tell you. Pretty nice. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, um, Judd's annoyed by their presence, um, but he gives them a room. Buck hears screaming coming from Faye's room, and he tries to rescue her, but he's pushed into the swamp by Judd and devoured by the crocodile. So, Lynette runs into the woods screaming, and she's, you know, hotly pursued by Judd, but... Fog causes him to lose sight of her, and he and she manages to run out to the road and flag down a passing car. Oh yeah, I like how every time he he like realizes he's in this crazed thing, like Tweety Birds. Could you hear that in the background? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like Tweety Birds are just chirping, and he's like, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm being I'm being consumed by the madness. <laughs> Just the mad birds in my head. (laughs) (laughs) So. (laughs) Later, Libby returns from her evening with the sheriff to the hotel and manages to untie Faye from her bed and retrieve Angie from underneath the porch. Consumed with the madness, 
<laughs> Judd chases the three survivors near his crocodile. A small struggle ensues, and he ends up pushed in the swamp, where he is finally attacked and killed by his own pet. Yeah, that poor girl got her, like, little metal leg contraption stuck in the fence. Yeah. I would have taken it off, but, I mean, she is a little kid. True. True. Because those are, like, the things that they gave um, uh, Forrest Gump how to straighten his legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Did she notice that? <laughs> that she had that? I did notice that. <laughs> did notice that. Ron Forrest Ron. <laughs> Yeah, she had the same thing. I would have taken it off at that point. Run, Angie, run. Yeah, that that underneath that house is so disgusting, too. Oh, you know it was gross under there. There's, yeah, like, spiders. spider webs and dirt and grime. And you're probably, like, uh, centipedes and shit. Oh, yeah. Not only that, maybe, like, depending on how much water's down there, maybe even, like, leeches. Ugh. And rats. There was a lot of rats. There were rats, yes. I it's thought they were not cute. a good time. The rats, <laughs> the rats were fine. You know, rats are always cute in movies because they're like not wild rats; they're pet rats. <laughs> yeah, they're like, hey, and she's like, ah! It's like, why is she screaming at me, guys? Oh my god! And I get rabies from this rat. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a few more trivia tidbits. Ooh, I love trivia. Yes. So, um, a 16 to 17 foot long mechanical model of a Nile crocodile was used for the effects of the croc submerged in water. A three foot long walking model was used for miniature shots of the crocodile walking under the hotel building. The submerged crocodile model was damaged late in the film after being left in the artificial pool for over 48 hours. <laughs> Yeah, where the water seeped into the rubber foam covering, which gave it a larger bloated appearance, and it had to be dried out for several days before filming could be resumed. <laughs> that sucks. Oh, yeah. Uh, the I'm... fog effects for the swamp scenes were used using dry ice and the style of earlier horror Hollywood shots on sound stages. Um, but this movie was shot entirely on a sound stage in Hollywood. Um, because it would actually be a more expensive to go on location to Texas. Oh, yeah, he moved away by then. He had, yes. He wasn't just a poor college student. Nope. So, Eaten Alive has fallen into the public domain. What? It's crazy, but it was a little technicality where he didn't sign something over because the title was named something else to begin with when he first made the copyright or whatever. Oh my god, I can't wait until the Disney version of this movie comes out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That would probably be comically horrendous. <laughs> so, Hooper wanted, to, wanted the film to have a nightmare-like quality to separate it from reality. And to pretty good effect by the use of the aforementioned dry ice, as well as the extensive use of red light. This movie is bathed in red. Yeah, it really is. Like, I... You find it hard. Like, if you're at the hotel, it's red. Uh, if you're in the brothel, you can actually see colors. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. Like, I thought... They were going to mention something about the red being like, oh, this 
fog coming in or red moon or whatever, but they never made any mention that everything is extremely red. Nope, it's uh, that's because they're in a movie, and that's <laughs> not what it looked like. For yeah, yeah so I thought they were going to mention something like, yeah, it's just, just a weird month uh, redness from the swamp, but no, it's just it's the red swamp month. You should be coming around here during the red swamp month. You can't come to Starlight when the red's out. <laughs> uh, so Judd Sipe is paid homage to in the excellent horror comedy Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh my god, really? Yeah. I never, I didn't catch that. Well, you hadn't seen Tucker and Dale after this movie before. I need to go back and watch it. Me I've too. seen that movie a lot. Me too. It comes on all the time on Pluto. Yeah, that's like one of Andrew's favorite movies. Uh, Mark and I also love that movie. It's, a great, <sighs> it's so good. And Dale gets the girl in the end. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, okay, so once again, this film was on the UK's Video Nasties list. Oh, really? Oh, so many tits. Um, there weren't really that many tits in this movie, were there? Well, the tit to women ratio was pretty high. I guess you're right with like the scenes of women walking around in the brothel. Yeah, and then um, you see the phase boobs. Uh, right. Um, s- I feel like maybe it has more to do with that combination plus just the icky feel of it and the gore. I mean, there's not a lot of gore, but you know what I mean. Okay. The insinuation of gore. I don't it has to be the combo. Yeah. I think it's yeah, probably I don't know. Cuz I mean is video nasty? Does that Okay, with the video nasty, that includes nudity, right? Um not necessarily. It's usually just really like obscene situations or gory content Mm. Um, like cannibal holocaust was on the video nasties list I could definitely see that one maybe yeah I just think it's so weird that it's like it's just bad acting (laughs) well I mean there were a lot of bad acting movies that were on the video nasties list I mean, uh, Faces of Death was on there. Evil, um, I Spit on Your Grave is on there. The House by the Cemetery, Last House on the Left. Mm. Driller Killer, The Cannibal Man, Cannibal Ferox, Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker, The Burning, The Boogeyman, Blood Beast, Axe. Axe. Island of Sorry. Death, <laughs> Killer Nun, Madhouse. Okay, okay. okay, I get it. Do you get it? Yeah, they're all bad, bad acting. Well, I wouldn't say they all are, but quite a few of them are, for sure. Yeah, I really liked, uh, the only one I'd say that was a really great actor in this was Robert England. Oh, yeah. The man is a legend, and he was, like, already, he was... He was, like, 31, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, he was an established character actor while he was doing, by the time he was on in this movie. And then, like, he was super established as a character actor by the time he became um, Freddy Krueger. But 
that is what catapulted him into being a household name and not just a face that you recognized. I didn't know he had done anything before this movie because I thought he was pretty young. Uh, he had. He had, though. Because, um, uh, I mean, he was fairly young in this film, but he had been doing several things at this point. Um, so I saw an interview with him in the super long documentary that's on Shudder. Ooh, what is it? Ah, hold on. There's It's a two-parter. The first half is not as long as the second one. It's uh, is it about him. No, it's about horror eighties horror movies for the most part. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's really good. And it's super detailed, but it's like it's called "In Search of Darkness" Part Two. Cool. So you recommend it? Yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? They're both really long. The first one's "In Search of Darkness," and the second one's "In Search of Darkness" Part Two, and they're both like four hours long. Oh fuck! Yeah, just see it. Yeah, see it now. Four hours and 36 minutes. Yeah, they're super long. The first one's like four hours and 24 minutes. And, um, yeah, it takes a while to get through them because they're that long. But um, they're super detailed because they're that long. And you just see a lot of uh, good interviews and stuff within it. And it goes into detail about a lot of little gems from the 80s that you might not have seen, you know. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a good duck. But all right, so I think we're going to take a short break and then Morgan's going to tell us about Joe Ball. Joe Ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And we're back. Morgan, while you were doing your thing and I was doing my thing on the break, uh, I looked it up just to be sure, and Robert England, before Eaten Alive, did five movies. What? Yeah. Like, most of them in within one year. <laughs> Damn, he was a busy man. He was a busy man, but I think that that means he was established by that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, so that's fun. He was also on the television show for the Hardy Boys. I would have never guessed that, ever. Right? I, weird. I think he's kind of cute in this movie. I know, right? Baby-faced Robert England. Yeah. Give it a go. <laughs> I like his nose. Yeah, he's got a nice nose. He always has. Yeah, he's got a nice nose. <laughs> he's 74 now, though, so. Yes, he is. And you know what? He looks good for 74. I know. It's very surprising. Mm-hmm. He looks fun. He looks like a fun guy. I know you've been married since like 1988, which is <laughs> the whole length of my life. But <laughs> give me a call. <laughs> yeah, he's been married to his wife since you were born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, All right, so Morgan's going to tell us about Joe Ball. <laughs> yeah, what a dick. He's such a dick. Such a dick. Yeah, he's like a racist woman hater, whiskey drinking, kitten killing asshole. Yeah, he fed 
dogs and cats alive to yeah. his alligators. And he really liked getting stray puppies and stray kittens and feeding them while people were there to watch. And apparently people paid to watch yeah. that. What the fuck is wrong with people? I don't know. Yeah, this was I mean, he he opened that bar in 1933, so I just just like, don't I get kn- it. I know there wasn't a lot of entertainment back then, guys, but for real. Yeah. Like puppies and kittens is awful. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so mad about it. I know. And uh, oh, we forgot to tell people that the dog dies. Oh, yeah. Well, we did. I mean, I did tell them that the dog died, but I didn't go, does the dog die? Yes. Yeah, the dog dies. It, yeah. Oh, what's, you know what's so funny is I was just thinking about that, but didn't say anything, and then you <laughs> said it. That was right. Like, wavelength. Like Brie Morgan. <laughs> wavelength. The same wavelength. It is the same wavelength. <laughs> so, Joe Ball was... He was he was pretty cray cray. Um, Understatement. Yeah he he was born. Um, ooh, I had it pulled up. He was born January seventh, eighteen ninety six, which seems pretty wild that he was long ago. This is one of our. I think this might actually be our oldest case yeah i think it is yeah i think so too i mean there was the black dahlia but but yeah that's true black dahlia was that that was around the same time period though yeah or actually black dahlia might have even been later i don't remember these for some reason yeah i'm trying to google it like, I swear we did the research, but we do so much research, guys. Yeah, 1947. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, like my brain said 1940s, because I remember when we were recording and we were talking about it, you said something, or no, what, our guest said something like, I did not think it was that late. Yeah, yeah, that's right, because we were talking about how it's after World War II, I think, because this one was before World War II. No. Well, yes, this was before, well, before World War II, after World War One. Yeah, and before America got involved, at least. Yes, yes, before America. Um, so he was he was born January sixth or seventh. There's different dates out there. Um, eighteen ninety six, and he is referred to as the Alligator Man, the Butcher of Elmendorf, and the Bluebeard of South Texas. Um. So his legend, like, outlived him, definitely, because there's a lot of legend to this story. Um, And, I mean, some people say it's kind of like Texas folklore, and that was, like, the boogeyman. Like, he was going to come kidnap you and throw you into his alligator pit. Um, But still to this day, people who remembered him or, like, were children growing up or family members – None of those people actually believe that he ever fed anybody to the alligators. But then again, a lot of people were reported missing who came through his bar um, in the Um, middle of nowhere. An awful lot for it to be a coincidence. Yeah, and 
it's really strange too because like some people came out later and were like, "Hey, this is me," and I just left because he was crazy. Um, we'll I'm get not, into that later. I'm not disappeared. I'm very much alive. I'm just hiding from this psychopath. <laughs> I know um, that that's what his wife did. Yeah, she got the fuck out. Luckily, because she probably would have been dead. Um, well, I mean, if she stuck around too long, yeah. There was another person that came, because um, there's a there's a lot of different um, articles about it. Some of them are like saying different information, but um, there were more than twelve were reported missing, and two of his wives, which one he killed and the other one he, uh, she she escaped. But yeah, he I drove mean, her to leave quickly. Yeah, and him, like, you know, having all these relationships with women and him killing one of them because she got pregnant, it really wouldn't be that crazy if he did actually feed them to his alligators. But this is all, this is all just, you know, my brain, not the truth or, or what's proven, I guess. Yeah, we can't, yeah, you can't prove he didn't feed anybody an alligator right and i mean a lot of the not a lot of newspaper articles and things from that time period are around still to like get a bigger picture of it i did find some old news articles um about this case it was um pictures of them digging up the beach for where they found uh, who was it? Was it Brown? I think so. It was Brown. Um, no, it was, uh, was it Brown? Damn it. My notes are everywhere. It was, a uh, Big Mini. Ah, <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, it was Big Mini. Um, so, so we, or not Wheeler, um, so Ball was... I think the second out of like seven kids and in this town of Texas, uh, it's a South Texas town. It's really small. It's called Elmendorf. Um, he, his family was like super well to do. Uh, they started the, the town pretty much. Um, so all of his family, were involved in a lot of things that were going around the town. Uh, one of his brothers started the post office in the town and his brother's wife was the postmaster. Um, there was, there was a bunch of people in politics. Uh, it was a big family and they were pretty rich. Uh, but he went off to world war one and according to like family and, uh, some articles I read in a, uh, mini docu series that was about him. I don't remember the name of it. They were saying that after he came back from war, he was different, which happens to a lot of people. Um, so he was he was off of war. He went. He was like served two years over there, I think. Came back and decided to open a bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and he opened the bar with the help of his family. And he called it the Sociable Inn. And around that time, it was right at the end of Prohibition. Oh, I forgot. 
He started his career as a bootlegger after he got back from the war. Yes, he did. That's right. Sorry, I missed that whole major piece. Um, so he was making alcohol. Um, his family owned a cotton gin in town, so they were pretty well-to-do. And he was like a bootlegger, like rum runner. I guess you wouldn't call it rum because I think he made gin. Um, so he would make illegal liquor and sell it. And then when the end of Prohibition came, he was like, well... I'm already dealing alcohol. Let me open a bar. So he opened the sociable inn and he had one of the, so there's different reports of who he had as his guy. There's one guy named Sneed, but apparently that one's wrong. Um, it was not Sneed. So, um, balls, right hand man was a, uh, older black man. He was a long time, uh, worker of his family. His name was Clifton Wheeler. There's a lot of different stories about a guy named Sneed that was his right hand man, but that's not true according to the Daily News and another uh, story from Texas Monthly. Um, so his right hand man actually like ran the bar with him and got rid of bodies with him. So he was running this bar, realized, hey, I'll get a lot of people if I get some kind of sideshow thing going. Because he was a businessman and as were his family members. So he called some local alligators um, from the a balls. river. The balls yeah. to do that shit. He had the balls. Ball had balls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he built a concrete pool. And he put five alligators in them and he charged people to view them. And then he also charged people to watch the feeding frenzies on Saturday nights. And it would uh, be mostly stray kittens and puppies. Um, and okay, I have, I yeah. have a few things to interject. Okay. First of all, alligators don't need to eat that often. According to him, they did. Mm -hmm. It's true. They don't eat all that often. They don't. So they were just murdering these poor animals. Yeah, he probably had kept them starved and like would poke them with sticks. And then, of course, they bite after that. See, that was the second thing I was going to say. That I'm not just mad about the welfare and death of these puppies and kittens, but also the allig five full-grown alligators should not be in a swimming pool. Yeah. That's inhumane. Yeah, it's, it's so fucked up. Yeah, anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this bar was a pretty good business venture and it also led a lot of women to this area to work at this bar because it's like right at the end of the depression and um people are looking for jobs so a bunch of young women trying to get across the country or like were from around the town um started to work for him um as waitresses or barmaids and around this time and um the 1930 I think the early 1930s he fell in love with a woman named Minnie Goddard 
and she went by Big Minnie. And according to people, they said she was like really coarse um, businesswoman. She a lot of people didn't like her. Apparently, um, they said she was bossy and displeasing and obnoxious. Um, but Ball really liked her, and she ran the bar with him. Um, and then at some point around then, Ball started seeing another one of his barmaids by the name of Dolores Goodwin, also known as Buddy. She was 15 years younger than him. Um, and many did not like uh, that he was flirting with other women and they were married so he had to get rid of her so hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Minnie disappeared, um, and... People were asking, like, hey, well, where did Minnie go? And Ball told people that she got pregnant and was at a Corpus Christi hospital um, during her pregnancy. And some rumors were around that he said she had slept with a black man and was having a black baby. So everybody's like, oh, my God, because it's around that time. And when that's just unthinkable, especially yeah, in Texas, especially in Texas, especially in that time. Um, so everybody was like, well, she left everything behind. But he was like, yeah, well, she's staying in the hospital because no one wants her anymore. And um, so around September, this was like in summer when she disappeared in September, um, Ball ended up marrying Buddy and he told Buddy that he had killed Minnie. Um, and so that she wouldn't come back. Because she was like, well, what if your wife comes back after she gives birth? And he was like, well, I killed her. So she's not coming back. And so then around January of the next year, there was a terrible car accident. And Buddy lost her left arm. Um, and... Wow. Yeah, no. She must have had her arm out of the car. I don't know how you, it, she lost the whole thing. Um, and so yeah. there are rumors at this time because everybody knew he was crazy. So they said that the alligators must have bitten off her arm or ball cut it off himself and fed it to them. But really it was just the car wreck and she lost her arm. Um, and then around this time, he was sleeping with another barmaid who was even younger. 
And she was known as Shotzi, but her real name was Hazel Brown. And she was so pretty. She was so yo, pretty. There's pictures. How is he such a ladies' man? Because the one picture that you can find of him floating around on the internet does not make him look like an attractive fellow. I know he's wearing that like one piece bathing suit with a bottle of whiskey and some binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a high school wrestling uniform. Yeah, it really does. It's like the old school bathing suits. Yeah, yeah. it's uh it's not sexy. Playgirl is not calling him. Yeah, I know. And he was much older. Like, they were, like, 16 years, 17 years difference. Like, I don't know if they were desperate or if he was really a ladies' man. But um, according to leftover family and people that knew him, they said he was a ladies' man. I don't get it. Yo, I'm not going to say her name, but I have a friend who married a man 20 years older than her and they have two kids now well that's nice yeah i mean i have friends that are in relationships with older men yeah me too but it was just kind of shocking at the time she married him when she was like 21 and he was like 41 and he had a son who was only like five years younger than her oh that's weird that yeah was a little was a little weird at the time yeah I have some friends that, uh, yeah, that are married to older people. It's okay, but... Yeah, man, I mean, whatever floats your boat, not knocking it. But he was just banging everybody. He was just banging all the people. He was a manslut. Yeah, he was a manslut, definitely. He's like, I got big alligators. You want to see my big (laughs) binoculars? Alligators? (laughs) Binoculars? (laughs) You want to see my bottle of whiskey? <laughs> you want to see? You want to see why my last name's Ball? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a eunuch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> sorry. So Shotzi was very beautiful, and it, it just sucks because she was she was only 22 when she met her demise. Yeah. Um. So. Around that time, he had already gotten rid of Minnie. Um, Buddy was missing. And then Brown was his new... Or Shotzi. Shotzi was his new love. Um, And so... Yeah, Buddy was pissed that he fell in love with Shotzi. And then Buddy disappeared. Um, And so around this... where she went. Yeah, right. Uh, So Shotzi knew about Minnie, and Buddy also knew about Minnie. So both of them were on the hook for, you know, his crime. So they knew, like, hey, we got to get out of here. So um, Buddy disappeared, and then next, Brown disappeared. Um, And... It was around September, because she disappeared in um, summer. Right. In September 1938, an older man approached one of the deputies and said he was concerned from this foul-smelling barrel 
that Joe had left behind his sister's barn and it was like rotting. It was covered in flies. And he said it smelled like something was dead inside. And he was just worried because, I mean, a lot of people had disappeared while working for Ball, never to be heard again. So then that next day, a deputy and the sheriff went to uh, go talk to him. And by that time, the barrel was gone. So they were like, hmm, let's go find Ball and ask him what he knows about it. And so when they returned to... Um, they couldn't find Ball. They returned to the barn, talked to the sister, and the sister said, yeah, there was this nasty-ass barrel. Now it's gone. This was Ball's. This was none of ours. So um, the police went to Ball and said, well, we need to take you to San Antonio for questioning because this, this little town's like right outside of San Antonio. Um, and they said, we need to have you come to San Antonio for questioning. And he said, well, I need to go drink a beer and close down the bar. So they brought him to his bar and he went behind the counter, drank a few sips of beer, went to the register, opened it, pulled out a 45 caliber pistol, waved it at Gray and Clevin Hagen, the other uh, police officer, smiled and then pointed at his heart and shot himself. And he fell dead right there on the floor. There are other stories around that said he died by a gunshot wound to the head. Um, but according to the coroner's report that someone dug up, thank you, whoever did this, uh, yes. it did say bullet to the heart. Right. So... <laughs> I mean, an innocent man does not do that. No. No. They do not. And so he he was dead. He hadn't he had never been questioned. So they got all the people around him to be questioned and they started talking about the other disappearances of missing barmaids, um this young boy who hung out there. And then the Saturday night shows they had. Um, so they were thinking, well, maybe that was where he held his alligator food. Of people! <laughs> so they ended up checking out the five alligators. Um, and they didn't find any human remains um, in them. They didn't cut them open. They ended up giving them to a zoo. Yeah, they're at the, what, like, the San Diego Zoo or something like that? Yeah, San Antonio, I think. San Antonio, was... that's right. That makes more sense. Yeah. In, te- in Texas. In Texas. Yeah, they're probably dead now, I'm assuming. I think so. How long do alligators live? Uh, they live pretty long time, but I don't know about in captivity. Yeah, and I imagine not, like, close to 100 years long. Yeah, this is 100 years ago. Because they were already bigger, so they had to have at least been a few years old before. They live 30 to 50 years, so they're definitely dead. Yeah, they're dead, dead. They're real dead. Um, So, uh, whenever they pulled in Wheeler, um, Ball's right-hand man, he was taken uh, to San Antonio and questioned, and he said, yeah, He's a murderer, 
and he did feed them to the alligators. But also, he took that back. So there's still questions surrounding, did he feed them to the alligators or did he not? Because the bodies that were found were nowhere near the alligators and none of their body parts were missing. But that doesn't say that of the 12 people that were missing that some of those actually were fed and never found. Um, well, right, because they didn't find all the bodies. Yeah, they didn't find all the bodies. They never found the kid that was missing, um, but they did find his ex-wife, uh, who was alive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Morgan, what do you think? I think he may have. I think he fed some, but not all. Yeah, I think he fed some parts, but not all of them. Because... Um, he definitely killed two people, but there are a lot more that were, you know, missing and that were never found. But also around that time, you could you could fucking leave your wife and children and move like 20 miles away and they never knew. So, yeah, uh, the Internet really made the world a lot smaller. Y- yeah, it did. And then like because like, you could be like, hey, honey, I'm going out for a pack of cigarettes and then move 20 miles away and have a new life and they're like oh my father walked out on us like he's dead no this (laughs) this would like what we're doing right now in the 30s would literally just be a like radio reading of corresponding letters between us in reference to silent horror (laughs) films yeah it'd be pretty boring (laughs) yeah so so it was it was confirmed that he killed them off of his property the other two but there there were no body parts found on the land or on his land um but he had a lot of like swamp land around the area too so you you've never fucking know and this dude was crazy and he knocked a lot of women up and killed them for that or two actually yeah, and I mean, there have been other serial killers who definitely fed people to animals. Specifically, Robert Picton, who fed prostitutes or sex workers um, to yeah. pigs. To pigs, yeah. yeah. They ate, like, everything. Um, except the teeth. Um, except the teeth. <laughs> I love how suddenly that had to be Australian. I don't I don't know why, sorry. <laughs> so um Big Minnie Wheeler told them they said that um that previous year in June, Ball told him to pack up the Model A car that they had and put a lot of whiskey and beer in there. And so him, Minnie, and Wheeler went to Ingleside near Corpus Christi. And they found a secluded area and they swam a little bit. They were drinking. And then Ball asked Minnie to take her clothes off. And then he asked Wheeler to go down the beach a little ways. And then Wheeler said he noticed there was a pistol by his side. And then Ball pointed off in the distance and said, look at the sunlight. Or I mean, not the sunlight. <laughs> look at the sunset. And he shot her right in the temple. Um, hey, that sounds awfully familiar. Did you ever watch The Walking Dead, Morgan? I watched up until like the third or fourth season, I think. 
I think we talked about that last time. <laughs> Did we? No, but do you know the episode that I'm thinking of then? Where the lady had turned, or was it the mom or the dad? It was where Carol had to tell the little girl, look at the flowers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, that's so violent sneeze. Sorry. Um, yeah, I do remember that. That's what I'm, that's immediately what that made me think of. Look at the sunset. Look, look at the at, flowers. Look at Bang. the fucking flowers. Pa-cow! Right in the temple. Um, I mean, for what happened? She. I mean, they had to do it. Yeah, you had to do that. I don't know about Minnie's case. Not in Minnie's case. <laughs> in, in The Walking Dead. Case. Yeah, he uh, he killed Minnie while she was pregnant with his kid. Um, That's pretty fucked. Which was really fucked up. And then they both buried her in the sand. A really deep really deep fucking grave um because it took a lot to dig her up apparently and she was like perfectly preserved afterwards i mean um, he didn't want her to be found yeah they they dug a really huge grave on the beach and i'm surprised no one noticed but whatever uh-huh. um they they eventually found her and got her put to rest uh but then after this the um Guy also went to tell about how uh, Brown was killed, said that Brown, I don't know how Brown was killed, actually. Yeah, I don't don't know how Shotzi was killed. Um, From what I hear, she was just cut up into pieces. So I don't really know how they killed her. Um, but Wheeler was really drunk and Ball was also drunk. He said, load the car with blankets of beer. And then he noticed that um, Joe had a saw, an axe, and a post hole digger with him and a pistol. They went to Joe's sister's barn. They also drank. They drank a lot together. Um, it's like they drank and then they killed somebody and then they drank some more. Like, I can't do much at all when I drink. Like, I will burn the shit off some food. I don't know how they managed to get wasted, kill someone, dig a grave, and not pass out or whatever. But, um, (laughs) yeah, I would just, like, fall asleep in the back of the car and then be like, shit. I mean, I'm... You know what I mean. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> I could never murder anybody. I would not get away with it. Um, no, me neither. <laughs> oh, I, I also, like, unless I poisoned someone, I could literally never even do the act of it. No, I couldn't. I couldn't do the act or the after part. I was just guilt, guilt ridden. I guess that's why they kept getting drunk. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would be guilty no matter how I killed it, but on a my physical level, I could not stab or shoot someone. Yeah. It's too messy. Way too messy. Oh, and it was too messy for Wheeler, too, and Ball, because when they were cutting her up, they vomited a lot. Not from the alcohol, but... From cutting up <laughs> a human being. I get cutting it. Cutting up the love of his life. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I'm sorry. She she was then put into the 55-gallon iron barrel, um, and they hid her. And then, apparently, they somehow, they buried part of her 
and then put her head in a campfire. Oh. Yeah, and they they got drunk as well and burned her clothes and then they drove back to the bar. So a lot of this is coming from Wheeler, who was his right-hand man. None of this has ever come from the mouth of Ball because he was shot before questioning was ever done. Um, Wheeler's family has also said wasn't true that he fed people to his alligators, but I think they're just trying to protect their reputation in the town because I think they just don't have a clue. Yeah. Um, um, I, I watched a documentary, a small documentary on um, Joe and his nephew, who was still alive at the time this thing was filmed. Yeah. Did you watch the same thing? Yes. Yeah, his nephew was like, did he feed him to the alligators? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. He was like <laughs> the only one who's ever said maybe. Yeah. Because... Um, like the rest of his family and the people that were alive, um, like I think they ended up suing one of the um, newspapers for saying that. Well, you know, in a place like that, a really small southern town, your reputation's everything. Yeah. Yeah, true. And I mean, he was a ladies' man, he had dozens of women that loved him or loved to be with him um he also mutilated their bodies and their unborn children he also fed kittens and alligators um so why not yeah that, you know <laughs> i mean that doesn't stray too far to the psychopath he was he probably did uh, yeah again i i think he probably he definitely fe- fed some people to the alligators. Not all of them, but some of them. Yeah. So, it's it's really unknown if he did or didn't, but I think he did. I think he did. Yeah. Because, I mean, later, Buddy came out. Um, it was after he had killed himself. She came out and said, yeah, he... I I had to leave. I went to go live with my sister. Because he also, like, threw a bottle at... He said he was throwing a bottle at another person, but he hit her... uh, He hit Buddy with a bottle, and the scar went from her face down to her neck. And she was like, no, I don't think... I don't think he did this. I'm like, honey. Honey. He beat you with a bottle in the face. Yeah. Have a scar, so Yeah. <laughs> wow, man. Alright. So I guess that's it, huh? Yeah. That's that's about it. So Morgan, have you uh have you watched anything good recently? Besides this reality show that I'm I'm obsessed with, but it also makes me sad for the human race. Uh, what reality show? Uh, Food Truck Road Wars. <laughs> oh, right. You mentioned it to me, right. They're just so mean to each other sometimes. I'm like, why you gotta be so mean? 
Why don't yeah. you enjoy it together? I mean, some of the seasons, they're nice to each other. And then, like, the second season really made me hate the world because they were, they were mean. They were real mean. They even had cheaters on the show. I'm like, come on. They had cheat road trip. Road trip. Road wars. Road trip. Road wars. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but um, I I've just been kind of obsessed with that. I know, kind of lame. Um, getting on that food truck binge, you know. Hey, man, if you like it, who cares? Yeah, I'm writing down some business plans. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. what have what have you been watching? Mm. Well, as per usual, I've probably watched like 20 horror movies since we last uh, recorded. So, it's really just what pops out in my mind the most. Um, oh, I, uh, I watched two, uh, it was a jo- it was an episode of Joe Bob Briggs's The Last Drive-In. The last episode that they, not the last episode they did, but the one before that, they showed, uh, Sledgehammer? And Things, which were both filmed on, like, camcorders. I don't think I know either of those. Oh, well, they were part of the, like, direct-to-video, filmed-on-video 80s uh, phase. And, um, look, it's not a good trend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They're the ones that, from that that are liked are liked because of the so bad it's kind of good quality um Uh, and things is actually considered to be one of the worst movies ever made (laughs) and it was bad it was bad i don't know i i i don't know about worst movie ever made what uh what are you what do you have in mind it's not a horror movie, but it is a post-apocalyptic uh, world run by women. What movie is this? I thought it was the greatest movie ever when I was a little kid. And apparently it's like the worst movie ever fucking made. Um, I found it not too long ago and everyone like got mad at me for even trying to start it. Um, it's called She. It's a fantasy sci-fi movie. Okay. Um, made in 1985. Ooh, that's right in the time period. <laughs> it is. Um, it's set 23 years after a nuclear war called the Cancellations, and in a land of warring tribes, and there is a matriarchal clan called the Urix, and it's led by she. Uh, and she has to track down these two men, um, and his name is Tom, and the other one is Dick. (laughs) (laughs) Real original. And there are, there are monsters, there's mutants, um, there's gods, there's vampires, there are werewolves, uh, a tutu-wearing giant, and there's so much shit going on. Morgan, it sounds magnificently bad. It's amazing. (laughs) Because there's even Nazis. 
Oh my um, God. Why is there so much going on, Morgan? It doesn't make any sense. And I don't know why my parents ever let me watch it because I rewatched it and there's a lot of nudity, like full frontal. Ooh, well, that, <laughs> again, the time period was wrought with that. So that's fair. Um, <laughs> Gotta uh, find it. <laughs> so things, I'm not sure exactly what the plot is supposed to be. It's in. It's hard to follow what's going on, and like I said, because it's filmed on video, it looks terrible. To give you an example of what this looks like, do you remember watching Bloody Wednesday? Yes. Same quality. Oh, God. And Bloody Wednesday was also definitely one of those movies that was filmed directly on video. I think Actually, Bloody Wednesday probably beats She because She is just there's so much going on that it's interesting, right? But I'm looking at things on here, and it says that it is one of the worst films ever made. It is. It just is. <laughs> oh my god! I have to watch it. You do. It's on. It's on Shutter now because every time Joe Bob does one that's not on Shutter to begin yes. with, it's available on Shutter like that following Monday usually. Oh wait, there is a porn star in this movie. Yes, there is. <laughs> but they do not use her properly. <laughs> she is a newscaster in the movie and keeps her top on the whole time. Wow, that's surprising. I know. Usually they're like, they're like, we got a porn star. Let's keep her fully clothed. (laughs) Let's keep her fully fucking clothed. (laughs) I bet she had a high price, though. They're like, damn it. I don't know. When I looked her up, she wasn't like one of those like legendary porn actresses that everyone talks about. Well, apparently she was very addicted to cocaine, according to her Wikipedia. Oh, so that's why she did the movie. It's like, I started out drinking Kettle One and slicing off crystals of Peruvian rock. (laughs) 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 Wound up broken down drinking Cam Cacha vodka out of a half pint stashed in the bottom of my purse with my crack pipe stuff with the lining of my jacket. Damn. Good for you. She's been sober since 2000. I want to... Man. I want to talk to her. I'm sure she's got some interesting stories. And honestly, most of my questions I have for her have nothing to do with porn and everything to do with things. Yeah, everything to do with things and the crack. Was she on crack on the set? Oh, yeah. I've got a lot of questions about her drug stories, too. (laughs) Those are always great. I like how she, she like, she's like, here's my high bar. I'm drinking kettle one. And then she's like, here's my low bar. I was drinking Kamkacha vodka. <laughs> I've never heard of Kamkacha. Um, I think it's like the cheapest, like, vodka you can get that does not burn a hole in your gut. Okay, so like the cheapest mid-shelf? No, like, the cheapest, cheapest. Oh, but you said that does not burn a hole in your gut. Well, that does, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm legal. like, 
I, I'm thinking more like people draining, uh, like, shoe polish. Yo, I found some really good cheap vodka. Shoe polish? No, cheap vodka. <laughs> that's, that's, like, really decent quality. Yeah? Uh, it's Popov vodka. Pop-off. It's, like, uh, P-O-P-O-V. And it comes in, like, plastic. <laughs> And it's oh. like a, it's like maybe like fifteen bucks for a handle, and it's really smooth and has like a good solid vodka taste, no weird aftertaste. Like, and I don't feel super hungover after I drink that. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was it was recommended by a vodka sommelier. <laughs> there are vodka sommeliers, apparently. <laughs> What? Well, there's like some ritzy vodka bar in New York that he worked at. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. I want that job. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure Kamkacha vodka is like the cheapest vodka you can ever get. I don't even think they have any glass bottles. It's all plastic. I've I've gotta like look this up. I'm pretty sure I drank this in um, Costa Rica, and everybody was like, that's what the alcoholics drink. I'm like, shut your whore mouth. <laughs> um, if it's a good deal, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's a dollar. Come on, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking at this, and it doesn't look that familiar to me, really. But I will tell you this, that the pop-off bottle looks similar. Oh, uh, with the, the plastic? Yeah. And the red label, too. Yeah, the red label, I think, is what I remember from Costa Rica. I'm pretty sure it was Comcacha is what I drank. And it is, like, gut-wrenching. Horrible. So, I want this job of a vodka sommelier. Right? It sounds like a fun job. Or a gin sommelier. There can be bad gins, though. Sure, but there's bad vodkas. Yeah, there is. Like, Pinnacle comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... And Pinnacle's not even that bad. It's not that bad. Because I think, actually, you're right. Gin would be better because it's all it is is, like, flavored vodka in the end. With uh, juniper, yeah. Yeah, it's just... You put juniper berries and vodka on, there you go. That's his gin. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, Burnett's is really cheap, too. Uh, we used to call it Bernays because it's French. Is it really <laughs> French? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was like, what? We just made it seem really nice in college. Oh, yeah, oh, we have Bernays. Oh, you mean when when I'm going to look at dresses at Target? <laughs> yeah, Target. <laughs> Oh, my God. Fancy. Okay, so next week we are, or not next week, but next time we record, off in July. So. Isn't it next week? Did I write the wrong day down? No, we haven't settled a, oh, the 20, you're right. God damn it, not July. It's still June. This is our first June episode. Yeah. Bear (laughs) with me. It's It's been a long month already. It really has. Mm. Okay. There so, are five weeks in June, so maybe yes. that's it. On the twenty fourth, 
we will be recording our next episode. It is supposed to be on the Strangers versus the Caddy Cabin murders. But it might be something ad-libbed if one of our hosts doesn't get the day off like they're supposed to. They, I won't know that until, oh. like, I won't know that until, like, Thursday? What day is Thursday? Oh, you're talking about the guest. I was like, wait, <laughs> I, I have off. No, <laughs> what not, you're talking about me. Not you, sweet Morgan. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at my calendar like, wait, is there something? <laughs> no, our our new Canadian friend. I have to make sure that her day is actually off the way it's supposed to be. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to be real right now. I fucking love Canadians. Um, Me too. We have, like, some of our best and most beloved guests are Canadians. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, yeah. People. Keith and the Toke Tales podcast, they're both, all three of them are Canadian. Yeah. Uh, gotta fucking love them. And you'll love our new guests, too, who will... Is the Blood, Guts, and Booze podcast. Blood, Guts, and Booze. Yeah, that their sounds names fun. are Olivia and Kendra, and they're awesome. Go give them a like, and hopefully they will actually be on the next episode. If not, then their episode will be pushed back along with the person after them. <laughs> Aww. Well, I hope they get to join us. Me too. Me too. Fun. But, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. It'll be one of those, so... I have to go watch the things now, and you need to watch She. Oh my god! Um, yeah, it's on YouTube. Is if you it? type in She, nineteen eighty-two, apparently the full... they got the year wrong. Um, but okay. the full movie is on there, and it is fucking ridiculous. She has like a sword fight with like a a robot and a monster and a giant wearing a pink tutu. Okay, it's. Okay. It was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid, and I mean, this movie shows me why I'm so fucked up. <laughs> um, in the same spirit, have you ever seen Heavy Metal? Heavy Metal? Like, heavy... I mean... It is, is a... It a movie? It's a movie. It's an adult movie. Not like a porn, but, you know, it's for adults. Oh! Uh, Yes, the cartoon, right? Yes, the cartoon. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of tits in that too. <laughs> yeah, there was. I, I watched <laughs> I watched that but, when you could watch porn, like if you waited through the static. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I watched Blair Witch Project the first time. Yeah, you could like go to the channels that are like static y. I don't remember what you had to do, like turn the the antenna. My friend did it. And I was like, we shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> and then I was like, titties! <laughs> oh my god, titties! Maybe I'm a lesbian. <laughs> oh my god, that's like that's like me when I found my brother's like Playboy collection. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> this is so hot. <laughs> I've I'm getting sensations I've never felt before. <laughs> yeah, what is this? Why do I feel this way about boobs? <laughs> Maybe that's when I knew that I was bi. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think heavy metal really. Heavy metal and she were early like introductions. I'm like, okay, 
Yep, I like the ladies. Yep. <laughs> I like the dudes too, though. I like I definitely both. like the ladies. <laughs> uh, on that note, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna end the pod now. We look forward to seeing you on the twenty fourth, guys. Well, hearing us. We look you forward to you hear hearing us. us. Yeah, you hear <laughs> us. And we watch you through your your camera on your smartphone. <laughs> That's a really creepy thing to say, Morgan. Uh. <laughs> I don't want to see people pooping because you know uh, we see so many people pooping. Tell me I'm wrong. Be their ugly face view. Huh? It'd be like just staring chance. at their phone, scrolling through Reddit while they're pooping. You know you do it. Do it. I do do it. Me too. <laughs> do me do too. it. Get it. Get it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, we gotta. We gotta go. Yeah, we gotta this. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns